Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. And you can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review us. And that is probably the longest amount of time that at least one of my guests has stayed quiet for, uh, for somebody. Uh, he is one of the most unpredictably funny people that I've ever seen. Uh, he was on our online uh, isolation comedy show last year. He doesn't remember it apparently, but it was a very memorable uh, performance. And then his, his uh, partner in crime is very proactive about promoting the new podcast, very, very fancily called The Fart Locker. And now Comedy Wham presents our guests, Robert Carfer and the JT Kelly. Welcome. Hey, Valerie. Oh, we're clapping, we're clapping for each other. That's our in-studio audience. <laughs> very nice. Uh. I remember the show. I did. I did. I go outside of the restaurant to get naked. You did. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's... And the thing is, that show streams on Twitch, and Twitch has very strict rules about decency and what's allowed and what's not. And behind the scenes, me and my and our tech guru Richard Goodwin were freaking out because we know that you probably wouldn't actually get down, you know, uh, to your birthday suit, but we wouldn't, weren't sure how far you were going to take it. And we're thinking, oh my gosh, is he going to violate our Twitch standards? And are we going to get pulled? And you went really, really close to the line. <laughs> Y'all didn't get in trouble though, right? No, we did not. So we the first not. time I did a Twitch show, it was Joe Toller's show. Oh yeah. And I got him banned for life. Oh, they didn't tell me that there are any rules, and I kept pointing a gun at the camera saying, I'll kill Pat Dean. Oh, shit. I had just gotten a new pistol, and it was just, it happened to be in the room I was in. And I thought, oh, it'd be funny to point this at the camera. And so I'm pointing at the camera going, I'm going to shoot you in it. You mess with me, Pat Dean? I'll kill you. I'll kill you. And then uh, it, the show just stopped. And then we all get a Facebook message, and they're like, yeah, we don't know what happened, but it got banned. And I was like, I really didn't think it was the gun thing. I was like, that's crazy. What could have happened? Oh, I have yeah. no, no clue what could have happened. Yeah. And that's that's why every time I've had to introduce JT Kelly, I've always had to say he's the bad boy of Austin comedy. <laughs> and that's his that's, Twitter handle. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's more of a disclaimer. Now. I like yeah. to think that I'm the only guy at the dog park strapped up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I look around the dog park. I go, ain't no one here got a pistol on their hip. I look around. I go, no one here is bagging it. <laughs> well, there, there's there's only been a few comics that I've interviewed that I, I had to ask the question. 
am I getting the character or am I actually going to get the individual? And you are one of those people that I've, I've had to ask the question. And I, you know, I don't know if uh, this puts you in great company or not, but the other person that I had to do that with was Brendan Walsh. Brendan and Walsh. Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about getting <laughs> the real JT Kelly. Man, my mom always used to say, like, it's okay to be yourself, but you don't need to be all of yourself all the time. That's what mm. she used to tell me. Yeah. That's and smart. I never I never learned. Yeah. Um, so the the reason that you're here is is good graces to your partner in crime, Robert, here, who uh is apparently quite quite proactive and very eager to promote your podcast, but I and we will get to the podcast, but mm -hmm. I do have a formal icebreaker question I would like each of you to answer. Uh, and that is one word to describe your past. Do you want to go first, JT? Uh, one word to describe my past. I could think of one for you. What is, you do one for me and I'll do one for you. Okay. Um, jazzercise. Jazzercise. <laughs> Man, for you, I was going to say studious. Studious? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when I think of your background, I think like professionalism. I think like making goals and setting, <laughs> you know, like setting goals and accomplishing those goals, you know? Well, I mean, so... It makes sense. It make that makes sense, and also with what I told, what I said for Jazzercise, because the first time I met JT, you had a Jazzercise like ripped up T-shirt tank top. The shit was yeah. tight. Yeah. Um, and just it kind of set the it just kind of set the bar for like his style of comedy. It's just like here's this guy that looks semi homeless, but like he has a Jazzercise tee, but he obviously doesn't do Jazzercise. <laughs> <laughs> and then i do big boy jazzercise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like for studious like because we met in 2015 and i was still in i was still in college at that time uh booking for my my college with comedy and so every time he's just like hey you want to hang out it's like i'm in dallas for finals <laughs> he's like oh you're on that big brain shit i got it big brain shit <laughs> very true so if you're in Dallas and, and JT, were you in Austin at the time or were you? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So how did this, how did you connect? Um, it was really through um, mutual connections and just, like I mentioned, I, I, I got a job my sophomore year of college uh, booking comedy for the campus. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of schools will have like an activities board where, if it's a good school, students will kind of like lead the programming for it. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had way too much money to spend uh, each month on events. And I had the idea since I, I grew up here in Austin to like bring some Austin comics to Dallas for like a, a show at the, uh, the campus bar. And it was just through like, okay, well, I got to know what the Austin scene is like. And so I was watching old funniest person in Austin clips, um, talking to some other people I knew growing up. And I was at, um, it was the, it was in, it was in the tree house where in I first tree house. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I went to one of those shows and, um, I saw JT there and I was like, dude, this guy's really funny, but there's no way I could get away with like booking him on campus. Like, that's back when I was still doing blackface. 
<laughs> no, that, that no, like your your big bit at that time was you like sucking your own dick as a child. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, and you also had this, you had this other bit um, about like the first time you made love was with a plus size stripper on cocaine. Yeah. And that's true. And for me, it's like, Hey, like I, I love this. It's, it's outlaw. It's, it's totally hilarious, but it was just like, even I know it's like, if I try to bring him around to campus, it's like, my advisor is going to be like, Hey, this was a bad idea. Yeah. Outlaw. <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how we met. That's it's our just, origin story. Yeah. Wow. Him being in college and me not being classy enough to go to a college. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then, JT, what did you think of of Robert? You know, he's this, this well, use the word, studious guy. He's booking shows. How did you, you know? What was you- special about Robert is after the show, I'm drunk as all get out in Dallas. <laughs> uh-huh. Drunk as all get out. And I was 21, 22, something like that. Fucking, uh, we're in the like the office area and I get all of them to line up and do the <laughs> Opa Gungam style dance for me. <laughs> and Robert was the only guy that like got it. Everyone there was like, I don't know why he's doing this. And Robert's like looking at me like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, like everyone there was like weird. Okay. And Robert was like, uh, he's, He's getting us to be goofy for him. This is for him. Uh-huh. I was, uh, what was I saying? I was gonna use it for. You were gonna post it on like the cringe thread. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like for on Reddit. Oh yeah. And I was just like, oh my god. It's like, uh uh-uh. uh. I remember this one. The I wish I still had the video because it's like everyone doing it and this like super fat guy sitting behind y'all looking at you like, don't. You remember that? Yeah, that was my boss. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> He's like, has this look like he damn fools. It was so good. Oh, JT, yeah. what what got you into comedy and how how so you you grew up in a pretty conservative religious yeah, I was environment? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I, I'm a genius. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me and my parents had to sleep in the same bed my whole life. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, you gave me a look. I didn't. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know, man. I did comedy when I was like really young, right? Like five or six. I would stand up on the fireplace mantle or the hearth or whatever. Yeah. And like give fake jokes that I wrote to my dinner, my, my family at dinner. I was doing like talent shows in eighth grade, doing comedy there. Mostly stolen jokes, right? Yeah. Uh, stuff I saw on TV and stuff like that. And then when I was like 16, I guess, I went to my first like comedy open mic. Why, why did you, why did you do those things? Why did you Attention. do the, okay. <laughs> sure. That's, that's fair. Cause if you're homeschooled, that's, I mean, you're just performing to your audience. You're, you're turning the tables and, and uh, getting attention, giving, getting them to pay attention to you in a different way. Oh yeah. I just, attention's how I thrive still. It's bad. You know what I mean? I don't want water. I don't want food. I want people to pay attention to me. Negative, positive, just fuck it. Look at me, look at me or I'll die. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, you know how Tinkerbell needs her claps? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I saw that and I was like, oh, bitch, same. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, same. (laughs) Where where did you grow up? Sacramento. Okay, all right. So... You did your first open mic at 16. Now, I know that Sacramento has a scene. I don't know that it compares to 
well, I know it wouldn't compare to Los Angeles or New York. Um, how did you, first of all, you're 16. Did you have to get permission from your parents who homeschool you? Oh, I had a full beard. I graduated high school at like 15. Cause ah. like you can just take a high school proficiency exam in California. Mm-hmm. You pretty much okay. just take a GED test. Yeah. Okay. And then, so like, I was not ready to graduate high school, but you can, it's so easy. Yeah. And so at like 15 graduated high school, I was like working at Starbucks, going to community college. Uh, and a guy worked with at Starbucks, my friend, Kyle, we're still friends. Uh, he was like, I do open mics. You would love them. You got to do them. You got to do them. And I was the worst. I was the type of open micer that would invite dozens of people out to see me do open mics. Yeah. And then crush because my homies are there. And so I just think I was a big dog comedian. Comedians hated me. I would too. I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was a teenager. I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Were you as live wire and kind of unpredictable as you are what I perceive you to be as a comic? Were you that way those early days? Oh yeah, for sure. I started fucking, yeah drinking then being getting wild then you know what I mean well I just mean on stage as a as an even as an open micer like I view you as the type of comic that has never written a joke wow <laughs> <laughs> that's the best backhanded compliment I've ever gotten because <laughs> everything you seem to do seems like it is just coming off of the brain right then in that yeah. moment you are getting to witness it the one and only time that you see it right then and there. I've like tried really hard to write jokes. And I just, you're right. I can't, all my writing is going up and talking, practicing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's all, you know, I say stuff until something sticks. You throw everything up against the wall. Right. Sometimes well, I mean, you're surprised what sticks. I mean, a lot of, a lot of comedians are like that too, where it's just, they write down subjects mm-hmm. and you know, they have to do like all those hours on open mics to flesh it out mm-hmm. and talk it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, JT's style is like, he's, he's one of the, probably the only comics um, where the sound guy actually has to do his job and like lower, <laughs> lower it down. Yeah. Let's bring like, these high notes down. <laughs> yeah. Cause like he, like he, he gets loud up there and like, yeah, it's, it's a punk rock show, you know, it's like, he's going to bring the energy, you know, whether the audience is ready or not. Right. 50, 50 chance I'll have my shirt off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the comics may hate you, but you're having fun. I think so, man. Because you've got so. that attention, too. I, like, can't. I've tried to quit comedy a bunch of times. <laughs> I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, oh, man. I, if I dedicated my time to, like, something positive or good or holy, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like I could do it. But it's like, I'll do that for like a month tops. And I'll be like, oh, I got to go fucking talk. I got to go say stuff. I need to go say stuff. It's horrible. Yeah. The other day I was telling Robert this earlier. I heard a podcast and I was with my parents and the someone's name of the podcast was Venezuela gay. And I was like, that's that's how I describe Puerto Ricans. Ah! And like I almost <laughs> like my head almost exploded. And I was like, I gotta say that so bad. And like my parents are like, what are you talking about? What a weird thing to say. But for me, it's just like, oh dude, it's like Tourette's. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I thought of something, I gotta <laughs> say it, I gotta say it a dozen times so I figure out how to say it sicko shit so you're like such a a, an ultimate challenge to me and and i think this is why robert keeps bringing up the lando episode because when i interviewed him i honestly thought i was going to get 15 minutes tops with him because he's so uh guarded and i'm not saying that you're guarded jt i'm just saying like i thought you know my goal is always to try to figure out you know how did this happen 
how did this happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with you, uh, and luckily for anybody listening, the Lando episode ended up being like a really nice long. Uh, oh yeah, he revealed his 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 persona to us. Um, how I, I'm just wondering, how did this happen, JT? You're homeschooled, and I'm thinking, you know, limited horizons here. How how do you cultivate and nurture a brain that just is willing to go anywhere and everywhere? I, mean, I think I'm just sick. I think I just have a, like a, I don't know. I, I, I think that like, like earlier you're talking like, oh, am I going to get JT the character? Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I don't even think I have a character. I think you can yeah. say anything and I start getting wired up. Yeah. And like, it can be listening to a podcast with my parents or, you know, in a fucking meeting at work. Like, yeah. you know, like, like we met, in, like JT and I met in 2015 and like the, even when we had our guest yesterday here, um, Sean, like he, he walked in and like immediately he was just like, you know, you dress, you dress like a good old boy. Like you would actually take QAnon seriously. <laughs> he said, I looked like I stormed the Capitol. Yeah. He, he's like, he's like, you're, he's like your, your attitude, like what you talk about and like some of your tattoos, it's like, yeah, like you seem like a pretty chill, like Austin comedian guy, but yeah, it's like you, you had your camo shirt on with like your work pants and like uh-huh. the golf uh gas hat what's funny is before that i had my other camo shirt on and i changed to get the clean camo shirt on <laughs> i was like oh, I'll, I'll pretty up a bit i put on the new camo shirt and so like yeah it's just he he is kind of like an enigma uh when you first see him because it's like oh like he he, he probably grew up in bastrop and like you know dri- drives a big truck around which you do drive a truck i right do now. drive a big dump truck <laughs> Um, four inch lift 36 inch tires (laughs) but it's like but it's like you know jt like he's like a big hip-hop head and like you know he's and just just know like working with you it's like like you've been really genuine and being like you're always like the first one to be like dude like thank you so much like you know your galaxy brained on this like i didn't even know like what a w9 was until you told me and like every time i've given you advice in like the business sense even like you've always been like no like you want to listen and you want to know it yeah and it's you like you don't know that you don't know you know what I mean? yeah and then when yeah. i hear you talk about stuff i'm like oh because i don't think about i mean i think about like business sense of comedy in the sense where it's like oh i'd love to make money doing this like what can i sell but then like robert talks about stuff i'm like oh you've thought about this and you've yeah gone, you've gone and like you you've read material where people that were successful in this like you, you know yeah. you, you hear what you have to say and you're like oh that's worth listening to it's not some jackass being like yeah dude i think you know i think it's make a cd get a special and then you work the circuit yeah you you know what i mean it's like i mean that might have worked 20 years ago or 30 yeah um but yeah it's just like sorry go no uh i i wanted to ask kind of a a comparable question what Mm -hmm. how was comedy a part of your life growing up well it all started when my brother told me about this channel on basic cable called comedy central <laughs> um i i actually grew up in the lakeway texas which i believe oh, you're at you're yeah in. yeah shout yeah. out lakeway <laughs> lakeway gang 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 yeah. lakeway. it's a rough um, rough city oh yeah do you want me to get the gun <laughs> <laughs> oh you'd fit right in <laughs> um yeah just like I was just your average white suburban kid, really, growing up in Texas and Austin, Texas. And, like, you know, my brother 
my, I, I have an older brother who's three years older than me. And so I kind of grew up on some of the more, I don't know. I, I got a head start on a lot of things. Like I was watching Chappelle way too young. Mm. Um, I was quoting like Jim Gaffigan's special when I was like 12. And it's like, he's not like uber dirty, like a Chappelle or a prior, but it's like, you know, you, you kind of hear this kid screaming hot pockets in the back of the classroom. You're like, okay, something's wrong with that kid. <laughs> um, but it, it was always just kind of like that. Oh, I think this is funny. And like, I like funny things, you know, that's what me and my brother and all of our friends really bonded over. Yeah. Um, it didn't really become something more until I got that job in college at uh, booking comedy. And then it, I just kind of went, you know, full head on in it. Um, before that I was a, I was a band geek. Um, I was in the marching band at like Travis high, huh. uh, played saxophone, always went to foot. You know, we always had to go to those football games and it's just like, Oh, another blowout. Oh God. <laughs> right? Oh, we made, Oh guys. Oh, we won state again in football. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm having another threesome with the cheerleaders, whatever. Oh, yeah. just another rough day for Robert in high school. <laughs> But yeah, it's your comedy origin story. <laughs> Who mine? Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, I I think I I can't pinpoint it to any one thing. My my dad is from a large Mexican family, so a lot of it was seeing. Yeah. Thank you for your of, service. <laughs> thank you. All of the siblings just busting each other's balls, and I was I I'm more of the Robert in this scenario where I'm just sitting back and watching and studying I never I mean I, yeah. I I literally was studying my entire childhood that's that's been my my childhood but you know I would go see comedy I always liked comedy comedic movies mm-hmm. and I think it wasn't until I got out of college where I was looking for entertainment that you know I'd go see big name comedy shows every once in a blue moon but um yeah I, I just started becoming a super fan in 2012 uh, because that was my divorce therapy. <laughs> so that was a, no, that was a good time to have uh, some comedy therapy there. Because yeah, yeah. Austin twenty twelve, twenty twelve, Cubis Mullen. Yeah, well, no, like it. It was Barbara also Doro. like the the Netflix boom with yeah. a lot of their specials. Yeah, which I I didn't watch very much of because I had you know I could go to Sure Thing every Saturday oh, yeah. night and see people drop in. And just watch really great live stuff, and then I just oh, remember when Sure Thing was at that coffee shop. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That's funny. Andrew Murph Dog used to host a mic there back when he dated uh-huh. one girl. Good times. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, the first time I met Jay Whitecott, and I put his name on the open mic list, and I put Jay Whitecock in my pussy, <laughs> and I went up to him and I said, "Hey, Jay, I just put your name down. Go check it out." <laughs> and later that night, I was like, "You check out your name?" He was like, "Yeah, I did." Robert did you ever have any interest in being on the stage or did you realize that what you enjoyed was kind of that behind the scenes production and booking type of role um you know like when I was a band geek I, I was playing electric guitar and stuff and my desire to be on stage was more in the music side hmm. Um, comedy wise, it's like, I always knew I was kind of funny and I could like, you know, I could make my brother and my dad laugh, but you know, you kind of look at, you know, 
you stand next to like JT Kelly and you try and do five after him. It's just like, no, like, yeah. Comics like, feel I, that way too. Um, I'm just kidding. Everyone here is funnier than me. Um, <laughs> this isn't 2014. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so JT, you're growing up in Sacramento. What gets you to Austin? In... Oh, 2013, I met my yeah. buddy Max, who I actually saw today for the first time in a really long time. Huh. He dropped by my house. Nice. Uh, I met him at a coffee shop, and he was uh, coming through with his band. We added each other on Facebook, and then he hit me up out of the blue and said, hey, I have a festival that I'm producing. Uh, do you think you could work uh, Trash Crew? And I ended up working Trash Crew, but a bunch of people dropped out, so I I ended up working tons of different roles and I just got to know all the people that ran that festival. And then uh, we had a mutual friend that also played music in Austin and he had just shared a video of me doing stand-up. And so everyone at that company was called uh, Transmission Events at the time. They saw me do stand-up and they had just met me and they were like, if you come to Austin, we'll book you on a fest called Fun 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 Fest and you can uh, be a bathroom attendant. <laughs> and so- Moving on up. Dude. I made so much money bathroom yeah. attending. It was crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I got LinkedIn with those guys. And it was like, I was like, man, I can move to Austin and in like less than a week be opening for Kyle Kinane. And I was like, I should move to Austin. So I just moved like up, up and got here. Wow. So no, no planning, just decided to show up. Yeah. I, I lived After right the up the street from where I, I lived when I first moved here in a living room. I rented a living room out. So your experience with, with the festivals, but did you have any idea what the comedy scene like, you know, on the ground was? I had met one comedian because he had dated my friend back home <laughs> and I met him. He came to Sacramento to meet her parents or some shit. And so I hit him up on Facebook and he was like, you should hit up because he was moving to New York. And he was like, I was boy. like, what should I do in Austin? And he was like, hit up Joe Hafke. <laughs> and so I hit up Joe Hafke and he was like, no, I do not have an open room. <laughs> and so I hit up uh, Lucas Melendez and Jake Flores, and they're all like, "No, we are also moving." Oh. And then uh, I yeah started going to open mics. What one of my first buddies here was Yusuf Roach, and oh. we met on a bus because we were both clearly high on heroin. <laughs> and I was like twenty, and he was like I think he was twenty two, twenty three, yeah. and like we just like looked eyes, and like we were both like sweaty. And I went up to him, I was like, do you like to do heroin? He's like, yeah, I like to do heroin. And I was like, fuck, dude, me too. And we we hit it off for a while. We did drugs together. That was like my first comedian friend. who huh. I, I think he's canceled now. He dropped yes. off the face of the earth. He's bad news. He is canceled. I mean, yeah, we weren't fucking, we are just doing heroin together. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the extent of our relationship. We were heroin buddies. Then we cut it off. Very good. <laughs> we'll put the disclaimer in, in the... Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, my relationship with Yusuf Roach is bring it, Yusuf. We'll, we'll rough you up, style. <laughs> so how did, so you didn't have your, your, you know, gang of friends to come watch you at your open mics. You had to make brand new friends. So how did the comics react to you when they started seeing you perform here? I mean, I really sucked at the time. You know what I mean? 2014, I sucked at comedy, but most people were chill, like, uh, I, I pretty quickly became friends with Avery Moore, and I, I she 
she fucking her comedy changed my life like i was like you're the most creative person i've ever seen like i was like i want to be you i'm still obsessed with avery moore's comedy every like four months i text her like you're my favorite comedian i've ever seen <laughs> like i was like oh that's what i want to be because i feel like avery just is unapologetically herself and her yeah. humor is real and honest it's goofy even though how imaginary it is it's yeah. like oh i'm just presenting myself and the ideas that i have and i'm going to filter it you know in a way that's going to make you laugh and I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Like, you're the best I've ever seen at that, you know? So yeah. after I linked up with her, my comedy started changing. I started getting better. People started liking me more. <laughs> what? Okay, so you, how do you adapt what you're doing, which again, going to go back to the, the, the trope that, you know, you're inventing something right there on the spot. You're not actually writing anything. How do you adapt what you're doing with what you're seeing her do? Well, like at the time, my jokes were like very written. They were very like. Um, you could tell like you wrote it in a journal. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. so you did try the writing. Oh, yeah. I even <laughs> had like a moleskin journal I carried around with me. Yeah. Fancy. Like, <laughs> do you remember Avery Moore's such a stupid joke? But she had that joke about um, the the dinosaur party. Dude, that is my favorite joke of all time. Yeah, so I like, love that joke. Yeah. I love that joke. Yeah, like we were. I it was like uh, March of 2014. Mm -hmm. I saw her tell that joke in an open mic, and it was like game over. Like so I was silly. like, that's what I want to do. And like I talked to her about it, and she was like, yeah, I just kind of I was just talking. Like I was just saying some stuff with my friends. I feel like it was silly, so I'm using that. And so that was everything that I thought of silly from there on out. I'd write it down on my phone, and then at the next open mic, try to present something about it you know? Okay. It's so like, oh, go ahead. I felt like that's what Avery does. You know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like, I want to do that. <laughs> she has a silly thought or a silly experience. And then she goes, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say this a bunch of different ways till I find out the way that you say it on stage and get the reaction that you want. Yeah. So you have to commit then to, you've got the germ of the idea and then you go wild and crazy with it. And mm -hmm. then you have to commit. But if if you are the type of comic that um, you don't want to be the, the type that, okay, I am reciting this from memory like a robot. How, how do you develop that for yourself so that, you know, from one show to the next, you're delivering a joke that hits? I mean, I feel like mostly now I pretty much say like a script. You know what I mean? Mm. Like by the time I have like a, a time, like, cause you know, you, you break it up and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I use this joke in a seven minute bit that I have. And so like, I know if I have a seven minute set, oh, I'm going to tell that joke like this. Cause I've done it 40 different ways. And yeah. That's the way that length is going to work. And I'll use the same language. It's pretty much a script. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't write it down, but it's in my head. It's the same. It's, it's, it's like muscle memory really. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, it's like, I, I've, I've been watching your sets for years and it's, even when I was in Dallas, every time I came down to Austin, I was like, hey, JT, like, when's your next set? And, like, I've seen a lot of those jokes get retold. And it's, you know, it's like the nucleus or the germ is there. Mm -hmm. But depending on the situation or, like, maybe how he's feeling that night, like, a couple words might be different. Or he might, you know, start screaming at this one part instead of over here for it. Um, but it's, like, over time with those, like, you can you start to see where it's like, no, this is what he knows, like works the best for that joke. And so like, that's what gets committed to muscle memory usually. 
The big game changer for me was laughing at my own jokes. Hmm. When I started laughing at my own jokes, people laughed harder. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's one of the dumbest things in the world. And it makes I mean, me you, mad that you, I do it. But you I, got a pretty funny laugh, dude. I like, do have a funny laugh. But you were saying last night, yeah. Wyatt was laughing at me. We went to go see fucking, I was laughing at Vanessa or that dude. What's that? It was the fun. Oh, so there was this guy. He's from LA. He won some comedy competition. I think his name was like Sean Ryan, Ryan Joseph. Oh, Ryan was, Joseph. Yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah. Joseph. He's crazy. Dude, crazy. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. I was dying. I was absolutely, I'm yeah. not like a, I like blue jokes, like dirty jokes. Yeah. But I don't usually like, uh, I don't know, the things that I consider offensive, right? It's not yeah. what I usually fuck with. That dude was killing me with offensive jokes. Yeah. That dude, I was like, yeah, I was like choking. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. choking. He was so good. But yeah. our buddy Wyatt, yeah. he was there and he was, Robert was saying, he was like, yeah, dude, Wyatt was mostly laughing at how hard you laughed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was killing me. Because like, <laughs> you were like the loudest. I mean, we were next to you, but it's like, we could kind of tell like you were laughing the loudest and you have this very like, it's it's almost, it's not old man laugh, but it's like, when you're an old man, it's like, you're going to have that down perfect. <laughs> and like, there's even that one point where like, you like snorted a little while he laughing. Yeah. And like, Joseph, that's his name? Ryan Joseph. Ryan, Ryan Joseph. Joseph. Oh, that dude's so good. Yeah. That dude was killing me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd kill for him. Uh, I'd die for him, dude. I'd die on the cross for that dude. If that a doubt. Crucify me. Crucify me, Romans. You know what I mean? Before COVID times, what were you uh, doing? Because at this point, you're, you've been performing comedy a really long time. So you've, you've got momentum. Are you doing festivals? Are you touring? What kind of, what's, what's giving you a, a paycheck, basically? Telemarketing is my telemarketing. paycheck. Okay. I'm a telemarketer. <laughs> well, well, no, oh, that, I mean, in the comedy world, what are you, what that, are you doing to? Sorry, that brought up a pretty good, um, when you, when you're like pre COVID, what was paying the checks comedy? Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, um, no, I remember at the end of 2019, JT and I started having this game plan and I was, I was basically like, Hey, like I'll be your quasi like manager, like business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I had been an assistant to another comedy manager. So I was just like, Hey, like, I can just kind of try the stuff she's doing with her clients with you and see if we can't get you any traction. Um, Cause you know, a lot of times JT would be like, yeah, he's like, I'm doing these sets. He's just like, I just don't really know. Like what's, what's, what's the best thing for my time now. It's like, cause you were like, I've been doing it for 10 years and like, and it's, it's kind of with the, it's always with the artist, you know, it's like, not everyone has like the the business brain or like mm-hmm. the strat the strategy brain. So. I got all yeah. lizard brain. Yeah, <laughs> my brain's full lizard. And and so I was just like, okay, well, you know, um, let's 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 use this research I've been doing um, for a bunch of comedy festivals around the country and just start submitting you to them because I was like, you know, that's going to be a great way for you to break into different markets, meet new people. Yeah, maybe you know, potentially you know, just kind of branch out. And uh, so at the beginning of 2020, like we hit the ground running, we had a budget for the submission fees. Uh, We got a couple, like, like we even got a couple um, that were like, yeah, you're in like, go for it. I was on three fests before COVID, right? Yeah. I remember like 
the <laughs> I had three, three festival cancellations for COVID. Oh yeah, because like um and I remember it's like the last show you did before COVID at the Velveeta room. Uh-huh. Like y- your credit was he's he's you'll see him at the Dallas Comedy Festival later this year. It was in like a it was in March too. Yeah, I think that festival the is festival gonna be was like, supposed to be in I had my Airbnb booked. Uh, um and then it's just like COVID hit and a lot of non-refundable submission fees and cancellations. And I mean, even the the club in Dallas that was hosting it was like, yeah, we're, we're shutting our doors permanently. Mm. Um, and then JT was just like, throughout the pandemic, you're like, what, what do comics do? I was like, everyone's just podcasting, dude. Like, I don't, it's either virtual shows or podcasting. I, you've seen what I do at virtual shows. I saw what you did in virtual. <laughs> so we, we leaned into he is, he is a dangerous man on the yeah. webcam. Yeah. <laughs> click, click. Enjoy yeah. your virtual show, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, I think guns boy. are funny. <laughs> uh, I'm a parent. I, I feel differently. So, <laughs> How old's your kid? Uh, he is 14. Oh, wow. Oh. I, had, I had owned a gun by that age. Yeah. Oh, I, was about to, I was about to say I feel sorry for him. I remember 14 in Lakeway. Yeah. Does he go to Hudson Bend or like Travis Middle School? Oh, he's in high school. He's in the high school. Does he smoke weed? No. <laughs> I, I like how I'm trying to have like the genuine connection, but you're just like, does he smoke mad weed? Uh, well, I mean, does he want to smoke mad weed? Some 14 year old smokes. I hope, I'd hope. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't smoke weed till I was 19. No, he's he's got a, a really good head on his shoulders about what he will and won't do. What um, does he want to do with his life? Does he not? Does he have like an idea now, but not a concrete thing, or no, does he have a passion? Laser. What focused. is it? Engineering. Engineering, dude, oh. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of like mechanical stuff? Mechanical, mechanical, because he wants to be an engineer at Hasbro. Shut oh, up! Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine at fourteen knowing that that's what you want to do. For real, it's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. I got derailed probably five times in high school. <laughs> Yeah, like when I was a freshman, I was like, yeah, I want to go into engineering and do architecture. I take like the intro like CAD class. I'm like, this is this is too hard. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to think it I'm going to think it over again. And then what I was, was like, next one, uh, lawyer. Ah. What happened there? Um, basically, like just I was like, do I really want to spend like half my life in school? That was the thing for me is all the careers that I imagined in high school were all like, oh yeah, then you spend 12 years in school. And I was like, well, that's just lame, dude. That yeah. seems whack, straight <laughs> up. Um, and, bas- and basically it just kind of came down to like, I was doing a lot of like the business club stuff at the high school. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, why don't I just marry my love of music with this like business stuff I'm pretty good at. I thought you were going to say, why don't I just marry Katie and work it from there? And I was like, that is so sweet. <laughs> I thought like, Katie's his chick, his fiance, and I thought he was like in high school. I just knew that was it. That was, it was like the notebook for me. That's it. You know? I just knew it. I, just knew. I wrote you every day for a year. I wrote you 365 letters. This isn't over. This is never over. And they kissed. So uh, then on your side, Robert, because if you're kind of on the business side of comedy, you know, your, your passion kind of dried up too during COVID. So how did you oh, keep yeah. busy? Um, a lot of video games, a lot of drinking, <laughs> um, just a lot of paranoia. Yeah. Um, before before the, the pandemic uh, took its toll on me, 
I was, I was working part-time for a, uh, for a manager out in LA. Uh, she manages some, you know, probably some, some comics you may or may not know. Um, Chad Daniels, oh, Josh yeah. Johnson, um, not Dallas, Josh. Johnson. Okay. I was going to say, not which one? <laughs> yeah. Um, New York the, Josh. yeah, he's, he's still a writer for the daily show and, um, Trevor Noah's last big like U.S. tour. He was he was featuring for that. Oh, for real? Yeah, that's an awesome um, fucking way to get people into you. Oh, I imagine yeah. that that fool was doing like arenas, right? Trevor Noah. Yes. Um. Trevor did like three. I think he did three or four shows at Fast Concert Hall, and that's three thousand yeah. a show. Yeah. That's nuts, man. Um, imagine performing for that many people. Oh, it's 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 so weird to, to like think about it. And it's like, it's just you on stage. Yeah. Like just you and the microphone. I did Paramount with margin Walker. That's the biggest fucking. That's that. Yeah. That's about like half. That's a little under half of what bass is nuts, man. Cause like yeah. sold out Paramount. That's like 1250, maybe 1300. If they like, they just move all the comps out. Um, But yeah, so I was, I was working as an assistant for uh, Samantha just doing like advancing and contract work for her. And then I was the programming associate for the Paramount Austin. And so that was a lot of like calendar management and just being the, you know, kind of being like the, um, the assistant for Maggie and Lisa over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we've had Lisa on as a guest actually. Yeah. She, she's wonderful. Yeah. She's so sweet. She's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. So you had the germ of an idea of a podcast before COVID and you're, you have three or four episodes released now. So it took you a while to start releasing an episode. How long did it take you to settle on a concept? I think Jay, like, cause I remember it was, it was about a year ago. JT was texting me being like, should I make a podcast? Like, and I was just like, I mean, I, I was like, from a business perspective, I would say yes, because that's really the only way you're going to keep like maintaining your fans and mm -hmm. interest at this time or going on other podcasts. And I think JT was just like, yeah, but I just don't want to do another like, it's just me ranting into the microphone the whole time or like, it's just me and my buddy that no one knows about just talking endlessly uh -huh. And like, like, I, I think JT knew he's like, no, he's like, I want to do something like I, I would want to listen to personally. Cause, um, JT's said before, cause like, I'll always be like, Hey, did you hear the new, like, you know, Mark Marin interview? He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't, <laughs> I, I, he's like, if I wanted to hear someone talk, I would just listen to myself. Yeah. Other comedians. <laughs> I'm like, you should be me. I like listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, have you heard my podcast? I'm like, was I on? No. <laughs> People are like, did you go see that comedy show? Did I do a set? Okay. <laughs> have I seen someone special? No, I've never seen a comedy special or listened to a comedy album. <laughs> Put me on it, babe. <laughs> There's something wrong with my brain. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was just a few months and, you know, I was, I was kind of busy with, you know, my own life events and you were busy with yours and it wasn't until like the beginning of March you were like hey I've been doing some mad prank calling to like keep me sane and like 
I think like we should start recording them and just like make that kind of like I started prank calling heavy at the beginning of quarantine when yeah. comedy first died, but not to record them just because it's so funny to me. Uh-huh. And uh, when I'd start to tell people about them, they'd be like, oh, like, where is it? Because I talk about it. <laughs> and so like, I'd be like, oh, I called this strip club and they said that I could come in with my iron lung and they'd give me multiple lap dances on the iron lung at a discount because they can't feel my boner. They said that. They said that to me. <laughs> and people would be like, why did you do that? And it's like, oh, I need to do this weird purpose. Otherwise, I'm sick. <laughs> this is sicko shit if I don't share it, you know? <laughs> Imagine I died. It's like the guy that you find like the Nazi stuff under his bed. It's like you die. I die. It's like the thousands of recordings he made. All on floppy disk. You can't even listen to it. (laughs) Floppy disk. They're in like those type of boxes that the preppers use to make sure that like the sun can't destroy it. Oh, yeah. What's that? There's like this type of prepper that thinks that like the the sun's going to shoot out a crazy beam, electromagnetic wave or whatever. And so they have like special metal boxes they keep computer files in. And here's the thing. There's something in my where I'm like, I want that. Yeah, I want that bunker. (laughs) I want the I want that bunker. God, that's such a good bunker. I get paranoid because of how many windows are in here. And I I, it makes fun of me because I'm like, man, I just want like a windowless house. And she's like, you want a bunker? Uh, Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) So I would be remiss in not dropping some uh, podcast uh, predecessors when I so when somebody tells me they're starting a new podcast, uh-huh. I, I especially a local and not one that's produced by you know one of the big comedy uh, body em- media em- empires in LA or New York, you know I kind of take it with a grain of salt and think, well, I'm going to give this a shot because I you know I I only know JT is the 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 crazy guy who you got to support the scene, yeah. Uh, support the scene and I don't know Robert but he has impressed me with his professionalism of approaching me and you know when I asked him what one of his most more memorable episodes of of comedy wham was he dropped one that was like yeah that okay so he's a student and he pays attention so when I first hit play on the on the first episode of the fart locker I'm like holy shit it's Bone Zone, it's Gross, Gross Lonely Boys, who both are podcasts. I mean, if obviously Bone Zone was a huge, huge uh, audience. Uh, Gross Lonely Boys was that local. I was audience. on that. Yeah, of course you were. I love Gross Lonely Boys. <laughs> yeah. I tried to become a host of that. They said no. Oh. <laughs> they, so they stopped doing it. And I was so like, who did. wants to pick it up? I love making prank calls. Yeah. And they said no. No yeah. one wanted to do it. And they were like, oh, because it's kind of illegal. And I'm like, not in the state of Texas. If you only <laughs> dial people in the state of Texas uh-huh. and the second they feel offended, you don't call them again. Then it's not harassment. It's legal. Yeah. We have a one party consent law here. Yeah. But what you do differently, too, is like you've got a guest on who kind of brings a serious tone <laughs> to the podcast. And yeah. this is this is probably something only I as a fellow podcaster would say the production value on the yeah is like oh i want to listen to this because i've heard other local you know local podcasts and motherfucker like, on his iphone uh, huh yeah yeah <laughs> exactly it's the dude just talking through the podcast things that come with it you know the white still yeah. on so, the mic right there so you hit me you know you, you had me at the it's jt opening up 
uh, with a prank call and it's just bonkers stuff. And then it's the guests and it's a, a gr good conversation and then the production value. And you are not paying me at all to say any of these nice things. I wish. So <laughs> we couldn't afford you. Hey, did that wire come through? Uh, no, I'm still waiting. I keep checking my phone and it has. All right, Venmo through. request, mommy. Yeah, Venmo at Comedy Wham. <laughs> um yeah so you 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 nailed it for you know first time podcasts and probably yeah as long time friends you kind of know each other and you know each other's strengths and yeah uh so it is uh can't recommend it highly enough especially if you if you miss the gross lonely boys if you miss the bone zone and you like that kind of or even the jerky stuff. boys yeah, see, Let's I never. Old school. Yeah, I've never gotten into the Jerky Boys, but yeah, that is a reference that that you could definitely make. What we too. do is, I give out like a block of calls. I'll just prank call for like a really long time, and uh -huh. we'll go through it and pick them out. But what surprised me about the first episode is like, I didn't like he picked the calls for it. And I would like wasn't what I would. Well, I think Mitch. We decided it was like that. Let's open with Mitch. That's a seven minute guy. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. but the stuff that he picks out, I'm like, damn, you have such a good ear. That's like that's not the thing I thought was funny. Uh, yeah. like the, 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 the fucking, um, oh, uh, the, I can't remember his name, but the, they, them call where the first time I used that. Oh, yes. yeah. oh my God. That was so good. I, so like, like, I kind of overlooked that, that until I heard it just out of context and not uh -huh. stacked up to a bunch of other bullshit where I was oh, doing yeah. the same thing. And I was like, oh, that is funnier than I thought. Like, yeah. That's good, Robert. Like when yeah. I, I, th I think when I put the trailer together for you and it's just all the out of context drops. That made me laugh like, so hard. You were like, <laughs> I, I think that's when you, you really saw the, the glory of the they, them call because you called this random place in Vider, Texas, uh -huh. and you were just like, "Yeah, we'll we'll come by, degender the bathrooms, and uh, oh, I'm, I, I didn't catch your name." Like uh, I said, we'll play some protest songs too. Yeah, play some protest songs. <laughs> I think I think the magic formula with with uh, this style of of comedy is like the guy was genuinely nice. Like he was he was supportive of the concept oh, yeah. of degendering, and I think it's. I think the magic is when you, JT, you're not you're not being mean. You're not trying to, you know, catch him in a gotcha moment. And you're catching a person on the other side who who is nice. I mean, I, I'm sure maybe down the road there'll be one that you'll you would air where clearly the person on the other side was not a nice person. Uh, and there'd be some magic to that. But I I what I liked is that <laughs> You know, the, you're trying to prank him and the guy is just being a nice guy. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> playing along. And that guy was great. My, my favorite type of Vider call is the Muslim. I was pretending to be like from like the Muslim Brotherhood and stuff like that. And pretty much everyone who like wasn't fucking having it, like the actual racist, they just be like, yeah, why don't you just come on by? And I, and that was like the scariest when people would be like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah why don't you just stop by here? And I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Yeah, not a problem. Why don't you come on by, all right? <laughs> no, yeah. I won't, bro. <laughs> a lot of them would be like, what's halal? Yeah, they'd be like, what's halal? I'd be like, oh, it's when we say Allah's name when we cut the throat of the animal. And they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> hey, you're not that much different than I. <laughs> so you've got the wild ideas and Robert has like the, the knack for knowing what's going to sound good for people to listen to. 
Uh, I think he just has an overall good ear for comedy. You know what I mean? I mean, I say yeah. that because he likes my comedy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's a really good judge of comedy, the best judge of comedy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, I'll, I always make it known. It's like, I like I really love JT's stand-up and his, his sense of humor. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, I mean, that's why it's like, hey, I'll be, like, I'll produce this podcast for you and help you out. But um, I think just in general, because, like, even when I, when I, whenever I've like played music or written music myself, like just having a second set of ears that can really like you, you get a different standpoint and you kind of it's yeah, it's just like I think it's I don't want to give my I don't want to kiss my ass too much, but it's like I just think it's just having like a second set of ears to be like, no, like this one is like the best one. Here's why. Yeah. And and like JT said, you know, some like he'll do like two hours on a Saturday afternoon of prank calling. Oof. and like he I look might forward to it there's something wrong with me <laughs> and, and so it's like you know like in the moment it's like oh like i'm having a lot of fun with this call like this is the call we're gonna have but then it's like i listen to it as like yeah that was your worst call dude like, <laughs> like the the last one here and this one here is like that's where the funny is like listening back you're like oh no like yeah that, that was way better Mm. Yeah. Oh, dude, today I called this lady <laughs> and I said, I asked if I could bring my Python in her cafe. And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's actually an emotional support snake. And she immediately goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and you're just like, I'll be there in 10. Yeah, I'll be there in 15 minutes. She goes, sounds good. <laughs> she goes, oh, emotional support snake. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't want anybody listening to think that it's, it's an all prank calls show because it's actually an informative show too you've mm -hmm. the the last one that i listened to that has the hacker on it that was like good lord that's She's bone so chilling smart, shit right? god Dude, she can hack so i've known that that girl for like 15 years or whatever yeah and she she moved away from where we were from to go do like tech stuff and she's worked I don't want to like say the stuff she's worked at because she was like, please, you know, keep my identity secret. Yeah, yeah. But she's worked some of the coolest, craziest shit. Like yeah. she's the one of the one of the nuttiest hacker lives. The only like real life ass like hacker I've ever met. Yeah. Cool. She's and cool. one of the things that I think comes through and I think you 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 both alluded to it early on in the conversation is that like you know, JT didn't know anything about what a W9 was, but he's always uh, been interested in learning. And yeah. that comes through too, that it's not just, oh, you know, JT's off to the side. He's kind of annoyed because he just wants to do his prank calls. Like that comes through that JT wants to learn as well from, you know, whatever yeah. guest it is that you have on. Like, yeah, because it's, I always, whenever people ask me what it is, I, I usually say it's like, it's a variety show, you know, it's prank calls and interviews. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, you know the 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 commercials we do um you know i do i do most of them that's just me dicking around on uh -huh. you know the kind of the studio um but it's like you know we'll, we'll ask other comedians and just people we think are funny with a little like technical know-how to like put some in like uh joey z mm -hmm. had a uh, gay tires gay tires yeah funny. yeah <laughs> And I like when he's going, <laughs> yeah, like when, when Joey sent us that, um, I had already made like the, the, uh, the first two commercials, like the big Bob's truck nuts. And it's that very bombastic, like, 
KLBJ 93.7 yeah. Rock <laughs> FM commercial. But like Joey Z comes in with gay tires and like he's doing all the sound effects himself with his voice. Very and it's funny very, stuff. yeah, it's, it's just like a very like funny, just, and I was just like, that's, that's really great because it's like, that's a different perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, JT's jog, jog just like barged in. She opened uh, the door. That's what's impressive. Wow. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you can hear the little. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, thank God that wasn't the TV, right? <gasps> oh, I hung up. A... Check this out. This isn't very good for broadcasting. I'm sorry. So we'll describe it too. I hung up a really big TV from the ceiling. Whoa. Uh, except I use those things called Molly something. Yeah. Molly bolts. It's what you hang into drywall. And supposedly it can hold 500 pounds per screw. Does yeah. not look like it. But it's what it says. I trust huh. anything I read. <laughs> it's still up there. <laughs> for now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um well and then like another thing you know jt w- when we started really talking seriously about like what is the fart locker gonna look like or sound like really mm-hmm. besides just farts um <laughs> jt was like hey like you know i'm a comedian and just like i don't he was just like i don't really want to just only talk about comedy here he's like i, I want to talk to like interesting people yeah. And like comedians with interesting backstories or something. Um, and I was just like, yeah, like, you know, I think that's a good angle. And like, because like we, we've talked about some other like local comedians here that it's like, no, like we think they would have an interesting like side story. Guess who's on this Saturday? Jimmy Tibbs. Oh, <laughs> pizza comic. Pizza I love comic. his pizza. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Just because he has, he, you know, he's a businessman that owns all these weird businesses. Mm-hmm. He is really racist. He's just like a guy that I'm like, you're a character, man. Like, yeah. I've never met a character. I don't give a shit about comedy. I want to talk to you about what you do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're the biggest character. Yeah. 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 Dude, and like he's with so the, funny. Well, and like with the Candace one, it was just like, you know, talking to her because she, she had mentioned, she's like, yeah, I, I, I've done sales. And like I did it for four years and I was a manager and JT was like, he was more interested in that and just kind of like the similarities they had growing up as well. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, now that shows are opening back up again, are you, are you excited to go back and be performing on stages or what's. Oh yeah. Electric. I have like, (laughs) I've been so excited. I get so excited. I like work myself up. I have to, calm myself down by breathing before I go up on stage. No joke. I have to do like, because I'm so like, oh, I'm so, it's just been building up. I love doing stand up. I'm so into it. It's crazy. And as somebody who has seen the scene since 2014, what do you think of how blown up it has become? I was talking to Clara about this last night because she was like, like, she asked me the same thing. She's like, what do you think? And at first, you know, the jealousy thing where it's like, oh, man, I just I had just got new my, kids. Yeah, yeah I got what my are they doing the on door. my lawn? But <laughs> then it's like at the same time, we used to have one chance a year to perform in front of industry. And it was called FPIA. Yeah. And Clara said she was like, yeah. I remember what you did for that. Because the last time I did FPIA, I wrote my entire set on stage and I said fat, slut and retarded all in the <laughs> same joke. I still use the bit, but it was like 100 percent me just mad that I felt like I knew I was going to get alternate before I even showed up. And I did. I've gotten alternate every year I've performed. Yeah. And uh, and I like I like I remember just trying yeah, to gonna... every part of me to be electric, you know, 
and like my set crushed did good and then i got alternate and it was like one of those things where i was like my one shot a year i didn't make it and i had you know a great set and i was talking to her about that and i was like so for me it's like we have opportunities to perform in front of industry now that isn't through the only outlet you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it used to be one time a year you out of 200 people 10 of you are going to be able to perform for industry yeah and like that was it you know what i mean and it's like we pushed it we did our whole like six months previous to fpia would be talking about fbi getting ready for fbia and like it makes you sick it makes you forget about just being funny and like just doing your thing and so like i think the growth is like i don't know i know that like a lot of my peers and buddies that have known me a long time probably don't feel this way but i'm like thank god you know what i mean like thank god more opportunities for industry yeah Mm -hmm. I, i think that like especially yeah. all these fucking rich people moving here. I think we're going to have <laughs> money. Like, I think things are going to change for a lot of comedians here. I think more, I think more people are going to be able to be working comedians than before. Yeah. I mean, the, the cream rises to the top. Um, you know, when I was talking to JT, when he started going back to Mike's again, it's just like there, the, the list has grown exponentially. Dude, there are people that there are mics now that have a hundred people signing up. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, that's real. A hundred fucking open. Mics. Wow. And like a lot of the people, you know, JT will go up. It's like, hey, like, how long have you been doing comedy? It's like, oh, six months. And it's like, <sighs> so you started in June of 2020. How? Where have you been <laughs> doing just, comedy? You know, it's yeah. Crazy. Where Where were you doing this? Yeah. Like your mirror. Yeah. <laughs> um, like from, I guess from my perspective though, because it's it's similar to yours, Valerie. It's like we're kind of more of like the infrastructure for the scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I think it's it's scary because it's there's a lot of new things coming out and you want to make sure like you're you're still going to fit into it. Yeah. But like when I went to the Creek in the Cave uh opening weekend where you know JT was doing one of their like local showcases before the headliners and just seeing how you know they want to like they want to have like open mics every night of the week. And yep. just really have the platform for these new co- comedians and old comedians to like still hone their craft. And I think it's really good because before, you know, before the pandemic, there was, there's Cap City Comedy Club and like the Velveeta Room. And it's, and like Cap City, they have a very like, they're like the traditional comedy club kind of group, um, you know, two drink minimum. We're kind of we're not in downtown like we're kind of in the not suburbs anymore um and it's just like yeah jt's really funny but it's like the crowds that go to cap city like on a normal weeknight or like a weekend of shows like they're they're not there to see jt you know pull it you know pull his shirt up and play with his belly button yeah, yeah. they're the ones um, that don't like my tattoos yeah <laughs> um and so it's i think it's good for kind of like people who didn't fit into the scene perfectly mm-hmm. that it's like Creek and cave, like they're more alternative. They're from New York. They're bringing a different perspective, but they have that credibility because of the history they had coming from like uh, Brooklyn and Queens. Um, and then also, you know, big laugh um, what they're doing at Vulcan gas company. And also they're starting to do shows in San Antonio, which. Yep. Not Honestly, starting. Like, they've yeah, they've been doing shows. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. By by starting, it's like it's 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 been like months now that they've been doing it, but mm-hmm. it's just um, 
I think that's really great too, because that's giving opportunities for basically cross-pollination, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love the growth. I think that I'm going to benefit from it. And like, I watch a lot of my buddies that like worked cap and stuff that are like not hyped on it. And I'm like, yeah, dude, from my end, I could not be happier. <laughs> well, I, mean, like, I want a thousand comedy clubs here. I want a thousand chances. You know, I don't want two yeah. chances. There used to be yeah. two chances. There's Melvin cap. And now it's like, now, bro, you got like half a dozen chances. And it's like, that, yeah. that's crazy. I'll push I think it. it'll take time for, for the, the pre-COVID uh, stalwarts of the scene. I think it'll take them time because these these venues that you're the, that Robert talked about, um, Creek in the Cave being new, uh, Vulcan or Big Laugh Comedy, Romo Room, you know, those blew up in this this mm-hmm. this time. And I think um, you know, if I if if I had the mindset of of the old guard, I would say, oh, I don't like things that are new. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, well, they have been sustaining for months now they're here yeah. to stay so Seems let's like it right figure out how to work within that new system i'm hoping and- this pushes out a bunch of old dog shit because there's been so many comedians that are like oh i've been doing comedy for so long so i do comedy and it's yeah. like yeah but you're dog shit and so i'm hoping that like <laughs> this like new scene of people yeah. that there's so much more talent that the dog shit will just not be able to be booked anymore yeah. that's like what i'm really hoping is like mm. all the dog shit you've seen that you're used to seeing or they like, they reinvent themselves or like get back like they see the competition they're like okay i need to like get back to work yeah either yeah. they're like okay i'm gonna fucking you know push it on comedy or they're just like yeah i guess this isn't for me i know yeah. that's probably the the most negative view but i'm like oh man <laughs> i think i honestly think that the influx in comedy is going to push out a lot of dog shit yeah yeah and i mean the the other thing is it's like cap city announced like they are coming back granted mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be the people um, who it's it's the helium like brand of clubs. And right. I've worked with them with some, you know, Samantha's her assistant and like Jerry and the, the brothers who own who own that brand. Like mm-hmm. they're really great people to work with. And obviously they they have a recipe that's been working across the country. So I, th- I think that's another great thing, too, because it's like it's not like Cap City fell and is not coming back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's coming, it's coming a little bit later. And um, so it's, it's kind of like, everyone's going to have us, you know, they're, they're part of the scene that they want, ah. but you know, it's going to get uncomfortable. Like you're going to have to kind of like reestablish yourself and kind of like, you know, tr- try a little bit harder, which hopefully that, sh- that brings the better out in people. I think it's like you said, where you're going to see more like alternative stuff, some places, and then more like very industry friendly stuff, oh, yeah. some places but you're going to watch comedians be able to jump between both those ponds kind of more fluidly. Now that they yeah. have both of them in their backyard, I think it's really going to strengthen comedians that are putting in work. Yeah. You know, I think that like, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to be able to perform for suburban crowds. I won't, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, you know, it's like, okay, if I, you know, if I pushed it, continued to perform for people like that and had that, you know, be a skill I could grow. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the, this like, um, you know, Comedy Wham had that show at uh, Hops and Time in Lakeway, right? Yeah. Like Comedy Wham Lakeway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you know, putting out a like kind of like a, you know, a tent pole or kind of like, you know, having an outpost out there, you know, there's there's comics in Austin that won't touch it with a 10 foot pole because they know like that's not their crowd. Yeah. But you're giving, you know, it's it's giving an, you know, 
like my, you know, my parents growing up, they're like, they like to laugh and it's, it's, it's creating like different opportunities, not just like a new opportunity for the same people who like always, you know, were working at Cap City to like go over there. What's cool about doing really small towns, like F market ass shit (laughs) is like the, the people who like respond to what I do in fucking like Winona, Minnesota or like Beaumont, Texas, they like really connect. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, oh, weird shit. We don't have, yes. you know, weird shit's internet shit, not real life shit. Yeah. yeah. And so like when it's like, you know, me looking like this, talking like this, fucking, you know, the stupidest tattoos on my neck, they're like, oh, we don't have weirdos. Like, right. so I love that fucking F market ass fucking. <laughs> the F market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's funny is someone was telling me about they're from Madison, Wisconsin. I was like, oh, I love doing comedy, Wisconsin. And he was like, where have you done in Madison? And I was like, oh, more like an hour outside of Madison. (laughs) 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 Uh. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, gentlemen, it has been fantastic. We're going to start wrapping down or wrapping up. Uh, I don't know. Words. It's a Sunday. Whatever. Rimming down. (laughs) Come rim down down. How your mama uh, done, Ben? Rim on down at the comedy wham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure people know? Yeah, Saudi Arabia did 9-11. Okay. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> heard it in the 9-11 report first. <laughs> Reaffirmed by your boy coming in at you. <laughs> As the authority on Saudi Arabian war crimes. That's right. That is <laughs> nice. a, a side we didn't get to explore is his uh, deep Saudi Arabian knowledge. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> Robert comes in with his Yemen information. I come in with the Saudi Arabia facts. Yeah, we were publishing a book together. Did we nice. mention that? Huh? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I guess. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Sorry. I guess the only I guess uh, we'll just plug where to find the fart locker. Uh, kind of put a little bow tie on this. Okay. The well, hang on. Hang on. If uh, we will get to, to the, the plugs and promos in just a second. I just wanted to make sure, you know, if you had that uh, Saudi Arabi- Arabian technical knowledge or, uh, you know, you wanted to talk about saxophones and uh, you could you could do that before we we close up. We do got to get that sax in the lab. I would love to. Yeah. I didn't know he played saxophone until last night. I thought he was just a guitar. Bass. I'm a man of mystery. <laughs> well, speaking of mystery, it is time for your closing question. And if you want to do the swap again, you can. Bring uh, it. One word to describe your future. Marriage. Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I love you, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham! Presents Robert Carfer and JT Kelly. Tell us where we can find you on social media and now give us the full full plug on the fart locker. Eating booty, taking names. My Twitter (laughs) is JT Smelly. We actually have the fart locker on Instagram too. Nice. And the Fart Locker is also on Spotify and the Fart Locker is on iTunes and the Fart Locker is on Pandora. Yep. We just just got approved. Yeah. What else are we on? Oh, Amazon Music. Yeah. It's like Amazon Alexa, um, Deezer. No, not Deezer, Stitcher. 
and Spotify. Will Spotify pay us if we get enough listens like we do, like musicians do? I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, know do musicians. they really pay you? Yeah, not me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, we got to get we got to get the check from Big Bob first. Big Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Big Bob's check. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how the, the uh, Robert Carfer and JT Kelly partnership has gotten to land on comedic genius levels. That you where heard the farts today. are made. Where the farts are made. Can't <laughs> believe I just said that. Hey, yeah. Whenever, when, when your son's like, oh, what'd you do today, mom? And you're like, I interviewed two grown ass men. <laughs> that have like the the podcast for 14 year old boys does he listen to the pod uh he will on occasion if a if a comic entertains him he will go seek it out but usually no he has no interest he's probably not going to hear this one uh dude he is right now watching the extended edition of lord of the rings that tells you where his mindset Uh, is leave some pussy for the rest of us Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been Comedy Wham. Presents Robert Carfer and JT Kelly. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Robert and JT. Thank, Thank you, you so much. This was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it we was. should do this just not even for a podcast, just chill sometime like this, just Zoom meetings. <laughs>